I started this new job this week, just gone. And about halfway through the week, Brad, your brother works there as well. He comes into my office in front of my new boss and he listens to the podcast. He'll be listening to this now. And he goes, so Lachlan, do you have any photos of that gun you 3D printed? This is it's like my second or third day at the new job, and immediately I had to explain why I three D printed a gun, and yeah, it's it not a good not a good way to start off. And that's how we ended up on Amber Alert at the office. <laughs> <laughs> Must run in the family. Um, all right, hello, and welcome to your favorite podcast. Brad is a bad person. My name is Morgan. I am the host, and. Uh, I didn't think it was something funny this episode. Damn it. All right. I'm joined by Lachlan. So underprepared. <laughs> and Bradley. Hi. None of us have um, yet tested positive for COVID 19. Yeah, yeah. That's something fun tested. about it. Correct. Um, <laughs> today, we'll be, today we'll be talking about disappearances, the allure, the mystery, the enigmatic, mysterious mystery of people vanishing without a trace is undeniably captivating. Countless urban legends, myths, books, films, TV shows are based on this premise. It happens in reality all the time. Why did that person disappear? How did they disappear? Did they choose to disappear or did someone disappear them? Mm. Get ready for a fascinating episode of Brad is a Bad Person. Mm. <laughs> it was like a proper intro. Yeah, I'm well, proud of myself. Yeah, yeah, it was. Be. That's it probably be. the best yeah. one so far, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So... Are we excited for this episode tonight, guys? Yeah, I am. I've been preparing my whole life for this. Definitely. My enthusiasm has not disappeared. (laughs) Good, good. I've got a good one. Uh, I think you guys do too. And uh, before we get started, do you want to crack open a cold one with the boys? It's time to crack open a cold one with the boys. (sighs) All right. Now, as you guys may remember from... Last week, playing that little game that Nick sent in to us. Uh, I rolled a one last week, which means tonight I've got a 100% (laughs) local hops and barley Matilda Bay frothy. (laughs) The official beer of the podcast. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, The the amount of frothies I have purchased in, in, like, doing this... (laughs) Beer review is just—it's getting—it's getting past the point of a joke now. <laughs> you should have bought a slab. It's just—I should have. I would have saved myself a lot of money, uh, but I did, really didn't think I'd still be drinking them by now. But anyway, let's crack it open. Mm. Give it a taste. I think you all know where this is going. <laughs> Do not enjoy. Yeah. It. <laughs> You're not frothing it. I am not. Froth and for the frothy. Now, let's uh, roll a dice. <laughs> Hopefully, I get something better next week. Fingers crossed it's a one. <laughs> Rolling the dice. It's a two. We have oh. not had a two before. And uh, just cross referencing with the list here two. Stout with a shot of vodka in it. <laughs> that <laughs> sounds pretty terrible, but I'll give it a go. That's- it sounds right. worse than a frothy, for sure. 
Um, okay, well, very much looking forward to the next episode. I think everyone's going to tune in now, Lachlan. I think that's a good <laughs> good way to do it. Roll the die at the end of your segment and tell them what ridiculous thing you're going to be doing next week in your yep. segment. I don't Everyone think I'm going to enjoy that. In. Yeah, all right. So um, we haven't decided the order of who's going to talk tonight. Oh, so uh, uh, who wants to go first? Well, I'm happy to jump in, guys. All right. Oh, oh Brad. Mm. Lay it on us. First uh, tab off the rank. So... What were you guys doing 16 years, one month, and 13 days ago? I was I probably tell masturbating. You, probably. <laughs> I think that's a fair guess, actually. Because um, I can tell you what Maura Murray was doing. She was disappearing faster than my self-respect after five drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Maura okay. Murray was, or still is, I don't know what I should refer to, because, you know, um, a 21-year-old nursing student at the University of Massachusetts. Well, she's not 21 anymore. Like, well, she still is. Name. What do you mean? She's probably well, not a nursing student anymore either. The, this is one of the <laughs> things I wanted to get into as well. Okay. Um, when when I look at, like, I was looking at missing persons and stuff, they still refer to them as their age, despite the fact it's been 16 years. Wouldn't You should refer to her as, you know, a 37-year-old. But because don't when they normally say Don't they normally say went missing at the age of 21? Yeah, well, everything I've found just referred to as a 21-year-old. So even though it's been 16 years, it should be saying is a 37-year-old if she's still alive. You know, anyway. Mm. Semantics. Um, at right. the time, she was a nursing student at the University of Massachusetts Amherst. Thank you. There you okay. go. Semantics, but okay. On, the, on February 9th, 2004, Maura capped off a wild couple of days by simply disappearing into thin air. <laughs> Good way to end it. Yeah, Say that like she did it on purpose. Well, yeah, she was like, "All right, maybe peace she out. did." I've had a good run, had a few good days. <laughs> I'm out. In the lead up to her disappearance, Moore had been acting unusually, and on the fifth of February, after speaking to her sister, she broke down at work and became unresponsive. Her supervisor was forced to escort her back to her dorm. Two days later, on the seventh, her father, Fred, being the good bloke that he is, came to visit her. Uh, with the intention of buying her a car because she had a busted-ass black satin that was close to unusual, uh, unusable. Unusable. Fuck. <laughs> this will be important later. Um, uh-huh. mm. After looking at some cars, Fred and Mora went to dinner and Mora dropped Fred off at his motel and then decided to borrow his car to go out drinking. When she started, when she came <laughs> home at 3.30 that night, she struck a guardrail causing $10,000 worth of damage to the car. But, you know, Fred's a bro, so he's like, don't stress the whole situation. He told her insurance would handle it. He rented a car, dropped her back off at her dorm in the morning and reminded her to fill in the accident paperwork. Um, But that would be... When she sobered up. Yes, when she sobered up. Look, the police attended site, but they didn't breathalyze her or do any kind of DUI thing. That's like the the number one thing that you have to do. Mm. I feel like the cops sort of just maybe felt sorry for her and gave her a break or something. I don't know, but he probably oh, should. Oh, bullshit, Brad. You, you, get your facts straight. That's ridiculous. This the is cops showed speculation up and saw my... this girl blasted out of her mind. He just got into a car accident and they said, oh, well, poor girl. I just won't leave her. I'm <laughs> sure the dad must have come out and said, oh, it was me. It's no big deal. You know, she's been drinking, but it was me that crashed the car. That's another... just, what are you talking about, Brad? What are you talking? Don't talk shit. Well, her dad wasn't there. Dad was in a motel. So the cops attended side. She was the only person in the car. But for some reason... Didn't you say on when she got back to the motel, that's when she smashed the thing? No, no. On her way home, she crashed into a guardrail. Ah, 
Okay. Yeah. So I, I don't know how she didn't get breathalyzed at 3.30 in the morning. So yeah, that's, that's what I mean. There has to be some. Supposed to flash them or something? Incompetence. Anyway, when Fred asked her to fill out that paperwork, um, it would be the last time he would ever see his daughter. Ooh. Just after midnight the following day. <laughs> <laughs> Snoring videos are a type of fetish porn you can find on Pornhub. Everyone knows that. No, they don't. (laughs) They do now. Anyway, just after midnight the following day, the 9th of February, um, Maura used MapQuest, that's a blast from the past there, guys, uh, to search for directions to the Berkshires and Burlington in Vermont. Now, for anyone who is wondering what the Berkshires are, they're like a series of mountains like our Great Dividing Ranges or uh-huh. gangs or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And they're just over an hour's drive from Amherst in Massachusetts, and Burlington was about a 3.5-hour drive away. Uh, Moore appears to have gone to sleep after this um, <laughs> because her next recorded contact with anyone was at 1 p.m. that day when she emailed her boyfriend, I got your messages, but honestly, I didn't feel like talking much of anyone I promised to call you today, though. Who After the that, fuck emails their partner? That is weird. Yeah, I know. I've always found it weird when people email people about non-work-related things. Yeah, I know. That's, mm. that's really strange. Yeah. But um, anyway, after that, Maura called and inquired about renting a condominium in Bartlett, New Hampshire, which is another 3.5-hour drive away, but was unable to. At 1.24 p.m., Maura called, uh, emailed her work supervisor the correct way to email someone, uh-huh. and, lied, and lied about a death in the family, <laughs> stating that she'd be out of town for a week. At 2.05 p.m., Maura called and inquired about renting hotels in Stowe, Vermont, which is a four-hour drive from those, for those of you who are still keeping track at home. Maura then called her boyfriend at 2.18 p.m., and when she got his voicemail, left a message saying that they would talk tonight. Maura grabbed some clothing, toiletries, college textbooks, and birth control pills at 3.30 p.m. Oh, she's planning and a good weekend. That's what I was thinking. When I read Textbooks and birth control pills. Hell yeah. <laughs> thought, yeah, but I heard that way. Well, this is oddly specific. Maybe you wouldn't mention that. You just, you know. But anyway. <laughs> um, and at 3.30 p.m., uh, she left the college campus in her 1996 black sat- satin sedan. All classes had been cancelled that day due to a snowstorm. A snowstorm Mora was now driving in. Oh. Yeah, he got her. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's a theory I didn't actually think of. Um, <laughs> Ten minutes later, Mora was caught on CCTV withdrawing $280 from an ATM, which she used to purchase alcohol. Mora then That's very specific. Do you think she had $281 in her account? Probably, she was yeah. like, I'm fucking getting drunk. <laughs> Draining this account. Got these birth control pills and 280 bucks worth of alcohol. You, you only get $280 out if you've only got $280. <laughs> like, if she had a grand in the account, she's not getting that. She's getting $300 out. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> there was probably prohibiting factors there. So Yeah. Uh, Mora then jumped on the I-91 and headed north. No one knows why, and it appears that she had no destination in mind as she had been un- unable to secure any accommodation uh, during any of the calls she made. <clears throat> At 4.37pm, Maura used her phone for the last time to check her voicemails. And then here's where things get fucky, like 
really <laughs> fucky. Can I just interject for a second about the whole yes, ATM thing? Maybe she specifically wanted some smaller notes because ATMs, I don't know what it's like in the US, but over here they only dispense 50s and 20s. If you put in 300, it's going to give you all 50s. If you put mm-hmm. in 250, it's going to give you all 50s. So maybe she wanted some 20s. You put in 280, it's going to give you four 50s and four 20s. It's an interesting theory, Mabel. Yeah, it's possible. I've, d- I've done that before, but it's, yeah. more in, it's more in the sense like I'll get $80 out three times in a row, something like that, you know, <laughs> to get all 20. But you'll make everyone wait three separate you transactions. You three separate transactions. You're a fucking horrible person. Who's waiting in line <laughs> in an ATM? Um, anyway, just after 7 p.m. that day, Maura crashed her car in Woodsville, New Hampshire, which is three and a half hours away from Amherst. Um, Did she get breath on- tested this time? Maybe if you listen, you'll find out. Okay. Mm. All right. On Route 112, she had driven off the road into a snow embankment and hit a covered tree. She was unhurt, but her car's <laughs> radiator had been destroyed, rendering it unusable. We she was unhurt because she had $280 worth of vodka in her system. <laughs> she couldn't feel anything. <laughs> she, she was absolutely loaded. Um, <laughs> we know this because a neighbor heard the crash and phoned police at 7.27 p.m. to report the accident. Shortly after the call, an off-duty bus driver who lived in the area stopped to check on the uh, check on the accident. He noticed that Mora, sorry, he noted that Mora was uninjured, but she was shivering badly. He offered to call the police for her and and let her sit in the bus while they waited. But Mora begged him not to say anything, as she'd already called AAA, and he didn't require and she didn't require any assistance. This was a lie. They checked her phone records. She had not called AAA. Um, the bus driver felt like something was off as he knew there was no cell reception in the area, so he drove mm-hmm. home to call the police ASAP Rocky. Um, <laughs> later in, in later interviews, <laughs> he would state <laughs> he only saw a handful of cars drive the road before police arrived, and Mora was only out of his sight for five minutes before the police arrived. At 7.46, less than 20 minutes after the initial call to 911, police arrived at Mora's car. When they searched the car, no one was there. There was no. There was visible wine stains in the car, and some of the alcohol she purchased was no longer there. So she was, she was six out of ten drunk. I'm guessing. Yeah, um, she was having. She had three and a half hours in a car just to get absolutely loaded. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Long drives. What else are you gonna do? Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta make it interesting. <laughs> Let's see if I make it here, make it to my destination this time. (laughs) Anyway, no tracks leading from the car could be located and no evidence of a struggle existed. Mora appears to have simply vanished into thin air. Police had her car towed and she was officially listed as missing the next day at 12 p.m. Mora's phone, money and credit cards all went missing with her and have not been located or used since her disappearance. Um, Numerous searches have been conducted with no luck. Police walked 20-kilometre sections of the road with dogs six days after her disappearance, along with helicopters, and nothing could be located. Over the years, there have been several leads, the biggest being a person who implicated his own brother uh, in 2006. Yeah, The man lived approximately a mile from the crash site, so police sent dogs to his house, and a cadaver dog um, did hit on the outside of the house. Police searched the house. uh, Nothing was located, but then the dog hit on the closet floor. 
Police used ground-searching radar, which indicated some earth may have been disturbed beneath the concrete basement floor. Ooh, ominous. Police were <laughs> unable to obtain a warrant to tear up the man's concrete at the time, so they had what? to late. They had to wait until late 2019. That's fucking bullshit. When new homeowners moved in, the police tore up the concrete and found nothing. Oh, that's rough. That's right. <clears throat> Moving in, getting their floor torn up. Yeah, I, I believe that the police paid for repairs. Um, I'm sure they or, did, but still. Or her father, Fred, did, because her, her father was convinced that she was there. So a bit of a blow to old Fred there when there was nothing there. Um, well, she was there. Then nothing, she was yeah, nothing like the there guy, anymore. The guy sold the house. Like, he clearly was like, all right, well, getting my affairs in order before I sell the house. Got to, you know, <laughs> fix up the paint here. Dig up that body under the house. You know. <laughs> All the usual stuff. Clean the to windows. Be fair, I don't think the concrete yeah. looked fresh. I think it looked quite dirty. So um, maybe, I don't know. Mm. Maybe he did it in 2007 after the cops left him alone. So Yeah, know, probably. 12 years or something to... Get all dirty. 12 years. As if the dad wouldn't just go in there and just, you know, oh, I know. tie if, him up. If, yeah, if I thought that, like, my daughter was buried under the concrete floor of someone's house, I would be, oh, and the police are like, no, I can't do anything. I'd be like, I'm going to take that motherfucker hostage, use a pickaxe yeah. or something, chip my way down there, and then we'll sort it out afterwards. Yeah, that's bullshit yeah. that I couldn't get a warrant. Mm. Uh, I think it's because the dog only hit on the closet floor and there was nothing in the closet. Um, but then they brought in the... Ground, uh, ground scanning radar. And yeah, and they saw something under there, and but it wasn't it wasn't the... a body. They just said that the earth could have been moved. Like it just ah. was not strong enough to get a warrant. That seems to be the what happened there is that the cadaver dog didn't hit on the concrete; it hit on the closet floor. But there was nothing in the closet, and then they used the scanner and they saw that there was some earth possibly moved. Like it wasn't very. Yeah, you yeah. know, you know how you find out. You fucking dig down there. Yeah, I know. Look, I personally would have been pushing harder, but I guess they were just like, meh. Um, anyway, there seem to be three theories as to what may have happened to Maura Murray. She was picked up by an opportunistic murderer. Mm-hmm. She ran into the woods to avoid law enforcement, but she became disoriented and got lost and died Eaten from the by elements. The yep. Or, yep. you know, Yeti. Um, mm-hmm. Or number three, she had been contemplating suicide and the car accident only solidified her resolve. Um mm-hmm. All no, I don't think that, so. That Generally, near-death experiences change people's mind about suicide. Mm. But it wasn't It wasn't a serious accident. Just the car was. She wasn't even hurt at all. Um, so yeah, but how does that account for her body not being found? Where did she commit suicide? Mm. In the sky. Well, <laughs> I'm just going to discuss some of the merits here. So, all three do have merits. Okay. Um, right. For example, her being suicidal. Moira had caused damage to her father's car and broken down after speaking on the phone with her sister. Police also discovered Mora had packed up her entire dorm room before she left, and when they oh, searched it, cleaning they... up my closet. <laughs> yes, exactly. They found you know it. <laughs> when they <laughs> cleaned, when she cleaned out her closet, she also <laughs> left an email, um, a printed out email that pointed to there being issues in her relationship with her boyfriend. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, probably the fact that yeah. they're fucking emailing each other back and forth. <laughs> That's the issue. <laughs> she keeps trying to kill herself. So, yes, these could lend to her being suicidal, but why would she lie about the death in her family to a supervisor then? Why would you put a time frame on your return? Why would you try and call your boyfriend back and then leave a voicemail saying that you would speak that night? 
Her father was mm. also not concerned about the accident because insurance was covering it. I think, in, like, suicide is very unlikely. I mean, it's still plausible. I mean, you can snap no, at I don't think so. But, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think it's very likely. Um, looking at her running from law enforcement, Yes, she previously had a run-in with the law just two days prior and she was more than likely drinking and driving. She was probably six out of ten drunk. Um, this definitely holds more weight, in my opinion. Couple that with how she begged the bus driver not to call the police and uh-huh. I do think she would have likely not wanted them involved. However, it's a bit of a stretch to suggest that she would run off into a snowstorm and that she would not have made any tracks or covered them by the time the police officer arrived five minutes later. Mm. She also attended West Point Academy before she became a nursing student. So she was very familiar with, you know, outdoors and uh, survivalist stuff. You know, West Point being the military academy for officers in training, anyone uh-huh. not aware. Um, it's very prestigious to go to West Point, very hard to get in. So she was doing chemical engineering there as well, but she dropped out after stealing $5 worth of makeup and they called it an honour infraction and transferred her to Amherst. <laughs> to do nursing. Um, so the, the only other angle left is Demotion. serial killer and or opportunistic killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could explain the lack of tracks as well as why no body has ever been recovered in subsequent years. I find it hard to believe Mora would leave without a struggle, though. Mora had already refused the help of a stranger and the chances of encountering an opportunistic killer, killer must be so incredibly minute, like on that stretch of the road at that particular time. Um, that said, it's not impossible. I honestly think the truth lies somewhere in the middle. <clears throat> Potentially more <laughs> headed up the road, leaving no visible tracks where she may have been abducted or entered from the forest, entered the, uh, entered the forest, <laughs> entered the forest from a different point and then died from exposure. Uh, like her parents, though, I have no idea what's happened and I'm unlikely to ever get the closure I want. So I'll tell you what happened. She went to West Point. She was a prodigy in chemical engineering. She Mm -hmm. had to fake her own death to go off and become a spook for the CIA. (laughs) (laughs) Case closed. um, 100%. I was looking at, um, you know, the serial killer angle, and I did find that there were two serial killers that were active in the area at the time. So there was Mm. Israel Killers. Two known serial killers. Two known serial killers who were active at the mm. time. So Israel Keys, who was who's captured and since committed suicide in prison. Fucking uh, Israel Keys. Yeah. And hey, it was a the, real Connecticut, piece of shit. the Connecticut River Valley killer who has yet to be identified. Um, but I don't think is What are the chances longer. though? Mm. Like the chances of one of those two running into her at that exact time are minute. Yeah. They're they're extremely minute and I mean, based on the eyewitness testimony from the bus driver, um, he said only you know, a couple of cars, a handful of cars yeah. drove past while we're waiting. So it would have to be just incredibly unlucky for one of those astronomical you know, cars <laughs> to be Israel Keys or the Connecticut River Valley Killer. That being said, not impossible either. Um, not what, impossible, what, but improbable. What I think is she probably ran away as soon as the bus driver got out of sight. Yeah, I because think Because so. she was... Six out of ten drunk, um, and then either went into the forest or hid somewhere actively trying to avoid the police. But because of the weather and probably ill preparedness, because she wasn't expecting to run into a snowstorm, just mm. froze to death, and they've never found her. Um, 
that being said, it's a long time for them not to find her, you know? It is, isn't it? Yeah. Like even a set of bones or whatever. It's it's yeah. it's a trip. Like uh, we're obviously not going to get answers or anything like that. And her father was convinced that she was in that house. Like he was like, this is the well, guy. she very well could have been. Yeah. So, I mean, given the 13-year delay on searching the house. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, we'll never know. Maybe she was there for a period of time, and they moved the miscarriage of justice. It's yeah, it's a it's a tricky one. Um, part of me thinks that yeah, she probably just ran off though, and then got herself killed. <laughs> you know, but I I don't know. Eaten by a bear, probably. That's why her body was never found. <laughs> eaten by a bear. Maybe she just died and <laughs> then got eaten by a bear. Or maybe she was picked up by an opportunistic cannibal, like her cadaver was picked up by an opportunistic cannibal. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But anyway, that's that's more Murray. I remember hearing this one mm. a while ago, and it tripped me out. That I've never within, heard that before. Yeah, from like the five minutes from when the the car, like when she was last seen, to when the police officer arrived, she just, just completely disappeared. Got such, on such a short time window. It's crazy. aliens abducted aliens. by aliens. Abducted by aliens who are being controlled by the Yeti. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, um, I'll I'll tell my disappearance story uh, next. Mm-hmm. Um, so, on December 17, 1967, Australian Prime Minister Harold Holt went for a midday swim at Cheviot Beach near Point Nepean, Victoria, and was never seen again. Mm, the big dog, Mr. Holt. Bah, bah, bah. Yeah, so Holt, an avid swimmer, had been advised to stop swimming after almost drowning at the exact same beach six months earlier. <laughs> pretty open and shut is, case. Is this mysterious? Because it sounded like it's what? pretty yeah, open and shut. <laughs> While snorkeling with friends, he swallowed a large amount of water before being rescued. He vomited up the ocean water and then said to his friends, that's the closest I've ever been to drowning in my life. Oh. Perhaps he should have said, that's the closest I've ever been to drowning in my life so far. <laughs> his, his press secretary, Tony Eggleton, confronted Harry about his hobby, pleading with him to stop now that he was Prime Minister. Harry said, look, Tony, what are the odds of a Prime Minister being drowned or taken by a shark? There's <laughs> always a first. Yeah, so Holt was on break from his duties as Prime Minister. On December 14, he left his wife in Canberra to organise a Christmas party and took a military jet down to Melbourne to get away for a few days. He stopped briefly at his Turak house before driving down to his beach house in Portsea. Fucking rich son After a of couple a bitch. of... <laughs> he'd taken a military jet just yeah. to get around. Yeah. That's outrageous. To his house um, in Turak, the richest suburb in the state. Yeah. Yeah. After a couple of days of fucking around with his friends, Harry just couldn't resist going for a swim. On the morning of Sunday, December 17, 1967, the day of his disappearance, Harry woke up and went to the local store to get a few things, including the weekend newspapers. It is not known if one of those newspapers was our major national newspaper, The Australian, which ran a news story in that weekend edition with the headline, PM advised to swim less. <laughs> uh, I like to think that Harry read that article and said, fucking tell me what to do. I'm going to swim at the exact same beach where I almost drowned six months ago, even if there obviously is a large swell, strong currents, and a powerful undertow. <laughs> 
At 12.15pm, Harold Holt went for a swim at the exact beach where he almost drowned six months ago, even though there was obviously a large well, <laughs> strong currents and a powerful undertow. He, he was, I think he was just hoping the buoyancy from his extremely huge nuts would keep him afloat. <laughs> his four companions decided not to get in the water with him for obvious reasons, except one, Alan Stewart, who had the good sense to only go in a little way where he remarked that he felt a strong undertow even there in the shallow, shalalalalos. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the four people, Marjorie Gillespie, her daughter Vina, Martin Simpson, and Alan Stewart, watched Holt swim out further and further until eventually he disappeared. And like that, he's gone, 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 gone. <laughs> Okay, so he was never seen of again. Um, So, did he drown? Did he get eaten by a shark? Did he dive down to a waiting submarine to help him escape to China to sell out Australia? Was was a CIA agent posing as a scuba diving spear fisherman and speared Holt, taking his body away because Holt wanted Australia out of Vietnam? Yes. Mm. Mm. All four possibilities are exactly as likely, and I don't think we'll ever know what actually happened to Harold Holt, the 17th Prime Minister of Australia, and the only one ever to die or disappear while in office. <laughs> I'm still waiting for him to show up. Um, no, that... that <laughs> do you reckon he was actually swimming out, or do you reckon he was being, like, pulled by a rip current? And they were like, come back, old He's like, save me! <laughs> I think he was just... Being a smart ass, he was like, I can go as well. Yeah, he just yeah. thought he was. Politics was a I different want. game back then. It was a different yeah. kind of man running a country than you've got today. Mm. It was Almost just a uh, good old Aussie larrikin. Okay, so. Just living on the edge. <laughs> so, so, how likely is a CIA spear fisherman? Because I feel like. That's, that's, that's at really, least a 50 yeah. 50 chance. Like, is there I'll, any more evidence there? I would Because be, I'd get behind that. Oh, absolutely. No, I would he's... believe anything you tell me about the CIA killing people. Mm. Especially in no, regards no, to think, Vietnam. I think they, they went somewhere to watch some um, boats or boat race or something like that, and it was, the weather was, you know, too bad or something, so they just, like, left early and then went for a swim. So it was, he was not expected to be at the beach at any time, and there was, the weather was no one knew too was bad for there. boats, so they decided to go for a swim in that <laughs> no, no, water. I think, I think like visibility was low or something like that, but okay. You know. Um, but he, he wasn't planning on going to that beach, he hadn't told anybody, like, oh, you know, I'll be at the beach at midday for a swim. So, no, it's, it's I mean, he would know though. So, mm, if there was like a submarine willing to pick him up, he would be like, look, okay, I'll figure out a way to get there at 12.15. Don't you worry about that. Well. That would make sense why uh, China owns, like, one-third of Australia and, like, yeah. phantom companies or something. Sold us off. He did, yeah. Yeah. Hey, what an he asshole. I'm out. glad he's dead or living in communist China. <laughs> he's definitely dead. <laughs> he drowned and got swept away and that's it. How fucking insane is that? Could you imagine if a president of the United States just disappeared? Like, that just doesn't fucking happen. Nah. <laughs> it's fucking insane. It's swimming as well. Like, yeah. <laughs> surely you'd be like, all right, I can't swim in <laughs> riptides anymore. You know, <laughs> I, it's, I know it's my hobby. I know I like living on the edge. But <laughs> I got a country to run. Ever heard it's of like, a pool? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. 
you're the, you're the prime minister. You get the biggest fucking pool you want if you yeah. ask for it. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. There was actually a book written about it by a guy called Anthony Green. And in the book, he contends that, you know, Harold Holt was a Chinese spy and it was picked up by a Chinese submarine. So that's, wow, that's, that's that theory actually had a bit of traction for a while because a guy um, wrote a book about it. But, you know, it's been widely discredited. But maybe did, that's did, Chinese psyops. Who knows? Did, did oh. China have submarines in the 60s? What was yeah, it, like two it. canoes hot glued <laughs> together? Like, what the fuck? What are you talking about? Everyone had subs. China was still fucking, like, peasantry, weren't they? Yeah, like most of the country, yes, but not the CCP. I'm oh, sorry, sure it probably wasn't the CCP. When did the CCP come into power? When did Mao get all this shit going? Mao's yeah, it was earlier than that. It was... Yeah, it was earlier than that, wasn't it? Yeah, because yeah, they just said they're something, I don't know. What they weren't a military superpower. 70th anniversary. Of the imagination, no, but they had submarines. I'm sure they had subs. Um, anyway, this begs the question. Well, that's the wrong way to use that phrase. But it makes you wonder, um, how long do you wait when somebody goes dis- when a world leader <laughs> disappears before you're replacing? Like, yeah. Is this like Tom Hanks in Castaway where you, you get a new husband and then he, the guy shows up a bunch of years later? <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying if Harold Holt showed up tomorrow, he'd be like, am I still the prime minister of Australia? <laughs> yeah, I, I have a claim to this throne. Yeah, we don't have a fixed term, do we? <laughs> He's going to show up in Byron Bay with a bunch of dragons. <laughs> From the Orient. <laughs> no, we, um, we, we don't have fixed terms, so technically I guess you, you're not far off the mark there. Like if it was the US, mm. you know, they've obviously got the two four-year fixed terms. So, uh-huh. you know, after eight years you'd say, well, you're definitely not president. Yeah, you can't but, be even if you wanted to. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, I hope he does show yeah, up. This, the, the leader of the country party, which is like the equivalent of the national party now, so like the party that the liberals were coalitioned with, Yeah, that guy took over as the acting prime minister. Well, not as the acting prime minister, as the actual prime minister for 22 days until the liberals chose another leader, John yeah. Gordon. Um, so, yeah, it, it took him 22 days before they you know, said, all right, he's officially... Not PM anymore. I think that's. I, th- I think else. that's reasonable. I think that's long enough. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Especially and for Australian I, politics. I mean, we sort of just yeah, change prime gotta, ministers like. Gotta get shit. But, wow. Yeah. Now we do. Yeah. Yeah. We were all about the leadership shuffle. Oh yeah. This yeah. Harold Holt was only prime minister for like just under two years, and I was like, that's a really short time to be prime minister. And then I was looking through our history, and I was like, nah, actually, it's about the middle. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of length, he's a veteran. <laughs> I think it's just our point of view is different because we grew up with John Howard and he was prime minister for like you know thirty six years. Eleven. So. Yeah. When when Honorable Howard's son seized power. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. So I I tried to look up what happens when the Australian. Prime Minister dies. It's mm. never happened apart from Harold Holt. Who takes over? What's the protocol and stuff like that? And I just, I just couldn't. There is no protocol. It was we just, just fucking went. It was so. I know. It was just really boring. I couldn't figure it out. It wasn't a clear answer. Like in America, the vice president takes over. Boom. Yeah. End done. Whereas this, I was like looking it up. I'm like, oh, what's the official protocol? And I was like, I don't give a shit about this. This sucks. Yeah. This is boring. So I don't have an actual answer. I think the party just elects somebody else. 
Yeah, probably. After all, we don't vote for people here. We vote for parties, which uh-huh. is good and bad. Wasn't um, and mostly bad. Sorry, just in regards to taking power. Wasn't Lyndon Johnson like sworn in on Air Force One? LBJ. With, oh, oh, J- yeah, yeah, with JFK's body next to him. <laughs> yes. Like. <laughs> That's how quickly they, they, they <laughs> he got had, that sort of He had JFK and Jackie O standing direct, directly next to him well, as he was getting sworn in. On yeah, JFK wasn't standing, mate. <laughs> His body actually, wasn't even fucking cold yet. Yeah, actually, Lyndon Johnson killed John F. Kennedy, so he mm-hmm. could go into Vietnam, yep. and then he killed Harold Hawke because Harold Hawke wanted to get out of Vietnam. <laughs> yeah. so this is all making sense. <laughs> With his CIA, Lyndon CIA Johnson is the linchpin yeah. in this whole thing. A little bit of a tangent here, but I, I had it put forth, or heard it put forth the other day, that uh, if JFK hadn't been assassinated, there would be no punk music today as we know it. Really? Because a lot of the, <laughs> no, a lot of the punk music, uh, a lot of the punk yeah, scene was, started out of... He was a fucking pioneer. <laughs> yeah, it started out of JFK anger was... about uh, Vietnam. Ah. So if JFK, doesn't get, JFK doesn't get assassinated. America doesn't go into Vietnam. There's no anger about it. No punk music. Mm. That's a good point. That's exactly how music works. Yep. <laughs> um, all right. I just thought it was so, interesting. One, one final thing here. Is that JFK did want to go in Vietnam anyway? We we exposed that myth wow. on our uh, JFK episode in season one. He was a warmonger too. Anyway, very near my house is a swimming pool complex that was being built at the time of Harold Holt's disappearance. Oh, good God! The name was going to be the City of Malvern Olympic Center, Olympic Swimming Center. No. But after our PM went missing, no. that name was scrapped. No. In 1969, Prime Minister John Gordon who, may I remind you, <laughs> took over from the presumed drowned former Prime Minister Harold Holt, no, officially opened the Harold Holt Swim Centre. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> it's like, walking distance from my house. I've driven past it. It's literally called the Harold Holt Swim Centre. Oh, my God. Yeah, I drove past again. it when I came up to your house the other week, I think. Mental. It's like naming a zoo after someone who got mauled to death by the lion. I know. I actually came. <laughs> I actually came up with three analogies that you might like, Brad. Yeah. Um, it's like having a Michael Schumacher ski resort. <laughs> oh god. Oh. <laughs> a Caitlyn Jenner driving school. <laughs> and uh, my personal favorite, oh. a Christopher Reeves pony club. Oh, oh no. <laughs> That's in that poor taste. Awful. That man was a saint. Uh, yeah. That is I uh, really so. Okay. Mm, Mr. Brown <laughs> didn't like, they've got a team of advisors, right? Yeah. It uh-huh. had to be delivered. He, he was obviously just trying to shit on him. <laughs> had to be. What do you mean? Naming a swim center after a guy drowned. I don't know if he made the decision, but somebody did. Uh, and it was stupid. His name was John Gordon. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Did, did I say? I said Mr. Gordon. You said, oh. you said Mr. Brown. Oh, Mr. Brown. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway, this is a perfect segue into my segment, Morgan's Would You Rather. Morgan. 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 Morgan's Would You Rather. <laughs> I love that thing. Okay, we're assuming you didn't get spearfished to death or 
taken in a sub or eaten by a shark. So my question to you is, if you had to die by one of these two ways, how would you prefer to die? Would you rather drown or would you rather fall off a skyscraper? Fall off a skyscraper. No question. No question. No question. It's a faster death. Is it? Yeah. Depends how big the skyscraper is. Yeah. If it's and a... how long you can hold your breath. <laughs> All right. It's so you, <laughs> a couple of factors of these, like these options. And like you say, fall off a skyscraper. I'm just picturing 9 11. I'm like, that is that is not a way I'd want to go out. Ah, way to bring it down, Brad. Yeah. Jesus. Right? Yeah. But then well, I'd do that. Way to, to really bring the mood down when we're talking about <laughs> which way you'd rather die. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, Brad. I'm such an asshole. You jack. And the other other thing I'm thinking about is just thrashing around in the water, and I'm just like, that's oh yeah, you don't know which way's up and which way's down, and you're trying to swim to the surface, but you're actually swimming deeper. Oh no way! Uh, jump off a skyscraper every day of the week. Yeah, but I said fall. I didn't say jump. Okay, well, you know, well fall off a skyscraper. It's all pretty bad. You've got time to and, think when you're falling, though, and, like, everyone who survived trying to kill themselves off heights have always said that as soon as you fall off, you, like, regret it. Yeah, yeah. but that's on purpose. That's yeah. This isn't your fault. It's, well, you I'm going to regret fucking pushed. falling off a skyscraper the entire way down. <laughs> you might enjoy it. It might be a fun fun trip down. Uh, but I agree with you that once you hit the ground, it's quick. That's it. That's yeah. bang, done. Mm. But... <laughs> Whereas drowning, That's, you're like thrashing um, around and you're dying the whole time. Falling off a skyscraper, <laughs> you go from alive to dead. There's no transition. Dying the whole time. Drowning, what you are living, dying for minutes. Living, like a living is dying in slow motion. Wow. <laughs> you're getting deep here. Let's, um, not, get, let's, let's, let's not start drawing lines like that, but, you know. Deathly afraid of heights. So if I was falling, that that's like worse, Kenny. You're also ever. deathly afraid of the ocean, Brad. No, I'm deathly afraid of sharks. There's a difference. Well, they're in the ocean. Yes, they are. The whole time you're drowning, you'd be going, "Oh shit! I hope I don't get eaten by a shark." No, I'd be like, "I can't breathe." <laughs> I can't <laughs> breathe. I hope I don't get eaten by a shark. But other people have said once once you get over the "I can't breathe" thing, it go it becomes peaceful <laughs> for like a little. Bit. Yeah, because you're dead. <laughs> yeah, because you're dying. Whereas, like, I don't know. Fuck. You would be stressed the entire way uh, mm. when you were falling, obviously. And it would get worse and worse the closer you got. Look, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take Skyscraper, but I'm not happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not called which would you, like, be happy with. Which it's one do you want to Look, do? I just, I just want it on, on record that I'm not happy about either choice. So, okay. yeah, just note that down, okay? And Mogs? Um, yeah, I, I, it's very hard for me to decide here as well. I'm terrified of heights and, um, I could just think that the, like the moment I realized I fell, I just feel like the, yeah, just fucking an idiot as well as just like, <laughs> you'd be so terrified. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the entire way you fall down, you're like, oh, this is just so me. Fuck. Plus, then you've, then you've also got to contend with the fact that your body's splattered all over the pavement. Mm. Pavement, you ruin everybody else's day. Ah, you're dead. Um, if, you, <laughs> if you drown, maybe your body's swept out to sea like Holt, and uh, no one has to deal with that. Um, I'd probably, you know, as much as I don't like heights, when I do go on amusement park rides, I do enjoy them. So maybe I would get some sick, yeah. some short pleasure out of falling off a skyscraper. So I'll try. do that. That's right. Yeah. Uh, three for three. <laughs> 
Unanimous again. Yep. All right. Anyone who picked the ocean lucky. is a sociopath, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just said it was really hard. It was hard. It was hard not to be a sociopath. That's because he's part sociopath. Yeah, exactly. I had to go with my less right. sociopathic tendencies. All right. Lachlan, can you tell us about Madeline McKeon? No, I can't. Oh. No. Oh, okay. Do you want to tell us about Adolf Hitler? Um, I mean, I can. It's not very relevant, though. <laughs> he disappeared. He's still living in Argentina. Well, he's probably dead. <laughs> he's dead now, but yeah, he was living in Argentina mm. with Elvis. That's not a disappearance. That's just a he just and Harold moved. Holt. Chilling. Yeah, Holt maybe went to join his favorite world leader <laughs> Adolf in uh, Argentina. All right, Lachlan, tell us about Amelia Earhart. Let's go. Stop trying to guess. It's, it's not, although that's close. Uh, I actually almost picked <clears throat> Amelia Earhart. To be fair, so. Who? Amelia Earhart. No, no. <laughs> Never heard of it. Haven't seen her. <laughs> At UTC four forty two PM on March seventh, twenty fourteen. What are you doing? Universal UTC. time code. Yeah, no, it says that. <laughs> I do. I just did. Greenwich Mean Time. Is that oh. better? Yeah, GMT. Yes, it was GMT. Much better. I try to show off with the UTC shit. At Greenwich Mean Time, 4.42 p.m. on March 7, 2014, a Boeing 777 took off from (gasps) Kuala Lumpur International Airport headed for Beijing Capital International Airport with 227 passengers and 12 crew members on board. One hour and 20 minutes later, the aircraft disappeared off military radar just north of the westernmost point of Indonesia. At 19 minutes past midnight on March 8, the plane's onboard computer sends its final automated transmission and the Malaysia Airlines flight from Kuala Lumpur to Beijing, flight designator MH370, is never seen or heard from again. To me, the question of what happened to MH370 seems pretty easily answered. Something malfunctioned and it crashed into the ocean. Debris positively identified as parts from the plane have been washed ashore in the years since, so that much must be true. But the real mystery is not what happened, it's where it happened. Now, I will readily admit that geography is a weak point in my otherwise monumental (laughs) knowledge of the universe. (laughs) So until I looked at the flight path on a map, I never truly appreciated how extraordinary this case is. MH370 was supposed to fly from Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia, northeast to Beijing in China. I would encourage you to have a look at a map of Asia to fully understand what I'm about to describe if you're not familiar with the area. I was just thinking that when you were saying that it would it, was, it went missing off the west of Indonesia. I was like, shouldn't it have been flying north to Beijing? <laughs> it should have been flying north to Beijing, Morgan. That's <laughs> correct. <laughs> so, about halfway between Malaysia and Vietnam, MH370 was handed off from Malaysian air traffic control in Kuala Lumpur to Vietnamese air traffic control in Ho Chi Minh City. This is standard practice. Planes are directed by air traffic control for whoever's airspace they are in. But MH370 never made contact with Ho Chi Minh City. 
Almost immediately after breaking contact with Kuala Lumpur, MH370 did a full 180 and started heading back towards Malaysia. (laughs) I wouldn't want to go to Vietnam either. (laughs) Jesus Christ. If they weren't going to Vietnam. They were just going to fly over. Yeah, I wouldn't even want to fly <laughs> yeah, over. I, I just, I just want to make it clear that I was, I was laughing at how stupid Brett was. Said. That's a, such a ridiculous thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> They're clearly flying to Beijing. I know. They're I wouldn't want to go to Vietnam. Oh, <laughs> well, you wouldn't be on the flight. Yeah, they were coming from Malaysia. That's a shithole country as well. Ah, less shithole. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> you imagine if you were if you were on a flight from somewhere to somewhere else, and then they were like, "You got to turn around because this guy in Australia says no one wants to go to China." <laughs> no, I was just thinking maybe the pilot just was like, "No, nah, I've had enough. I fucking had enough. I've done this too many." Yeah, he did, times. and then he crashed it into the fucking ocean. Yeah. Welcome. Annually in Japan, more adult diapers are sold than children's. <laughs> that is fucking disgusting. <laughs> anyway, as I was saying, almost immediately after breaking contact with Kuala Lumpur, MH370 did a full 180 and started heading back towards Malaysia. It flew back across Malaysia and part of Thailand in a southwesterly direction. Then, once past the Malaysian coastline, the plane made a turn to the northwest and followed this course until it was lost from Malaysian military radar. Why did the pilot make such a huge adjustment to their course? We don't know. We'll never know. The sign-off with Kuala Lumpur ATC is the last transmission the crew of MH370 ever made. Attempts were made to contact them both from the ground and other aircraft, but they never responded. Everyone who was on that plane is presumably dead, and the black box, along with most of the plane and all of the passengers and crew, have never been found, despite an unprecedented search operation that saw nine countries spend three years scouring over 4.5 million square kilometres of ocean. That's a lot of We have no way of ever learning why the course of the flight was altered so dramatically. So instead of boring facts, let's look at some conspiracy theories. (laughs) Wildly speculate away, please. Hijacking. In all honesty, this is probably the most likely explanation. Before 9-11, this might have sounded crazy, But the world is a different place now, and when you hear about a plane going off course, hijacking springs to mind almost immediately. We'll never know the motive, the target, or the culprit, but I'd put money on this being the real cause. Mm -hmm. Electronic hijacking. This was put forward by none other than Mahathir Mohamed, the Prime Minister of Malaysia. In 2014, he said, I quote, Clearly, Boeing and certain agencies have the capacity to take over uninterruptible control of commercial airliners, of which MH370 B77 is one. The idea here, of course, being that someone remotely took over control of the plane and flew it off course. Unlikely, but not out of the realm of possibility. What if... Hang on, just let me throw this out here. Mm -hmm. If it was a hacker, they got in there, yeah, they saw this thing and they were like, "Oh, look, it's like a flight sim game or something like that." They're fucking around uh, with it. Oh, so you think it's like Matthew Broderick in War Games? 
<laughs> yeah, you're, you're thinking there's a war game situation going on here. Yeah, Matthew you know, Broderick style. 200 odd people's lives. He's getting 80s with the Because I know as soon as I played any kind of aeroplane simulation game, the first thing I do is crash that bitch. Oh, you know? absolutely. You have yeah, to. You've got to see how it handles. Yeah, you got to exactly. see how you fly uh, for- fast and loose you can play. <laughs> do you fly at west for two hours and then crash it though? <laughs> just crash it immediately. That's fair. That's fair. Maybe he got. Uh, maybe he was like committed to it, got sick of it, and then was like, oh, well. and then just uh, I'll throw this bitch in this thing. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe he was like Brad, and he was like, fuck it, I'm not going to China. <laughs> Buenos Aires, let's go. <laughs> uh, next, spoofed satellite data. Maybe someone on board was feeding the aircraft's computer false navigational data, which in turn would report a false location to satellite tracking systems and allow the plane to be flown anywhere without being followed. Jeff Wise, the pilot and journalist who spawned this theory, believes the plane was actually flown north after it dropped off radar, not south as officials believe, and was landed at a Russian cosmodrome in Kazakhstan. Why? Uh-uh. He doesn't know. Though combine oh, this with so the fact that Russia shot down a Malaysia Airlines flight over Ukraine not long after, and you might start to get the idea that Putin has something against them. <laughs> okay, so, so what I was thinking when you initially explained that is that they yep. were spoofing it to the po- the pilots so that it was leading them. Oh, what well, you're no, saying no, no. they're spoofing it to the ATC. Yes. And the, instead yes. of it actually going that way, they were actually going north, just misrepresenting where they yeah. were. Yeah, so ah. Jeff Wise's article is actually really well-written and really well-researched, um, and I don't think he even fully believes what he came up with, but the the way he explains it, it sounds like it's plausible. Um, basically, the way the navigational data being sent back to the... Um, it's called, fuck, I can't remember what the satellite navigation company is called, but um, basically it's pinged along um, latitude lines, latitudinal yeah. maybe, is yeah. that a word? I don't fucking mm-hmm. know. Latitudinal. Yeah. yeah, so you can see along what latitude they are, but you can't tell what longitude they're at. Yeah. Uh-huh. So they could have been flying, like, yeah, they could have been going north instead of south. You only know the distance. So he's basically looked at these lines and looked for on Google Maps somewhere that uh-huh. you could have landed a plane that big. Um, and this this Russian cosmodrome is the only place that it could have been landed and hidden. Uh, that is interesting. So what about their parts showing up in the ocean later? Well, yeah, that doesn't really reconcile that well with that theory. <laughs> Really Although your real conspiracy nuts say that that debris was fake. Ah, uh, righto. Oh, yeah. Because I was going to say, I remember when this happened at the time, I was thinking, holy shit, what if it was actually a terrorist and they've turned off all communication? Uh-huh. Like the pilots are terrorists, right? And they turned off all communication and they fly the plane into some, you know, airplane hangar in some terrorist country, uh-huh. you know, pick one of the Middle Eastern countries, one of them. Um, and then he uh, get, gets it just kills all the passengers, and now they've got a plane that they can just use as a weapon. Yeah, but then there was never any, nothing ever happened. No, so nothing ever came that's of not it. Happened. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they're playing like a real long, <laughs> <laughs> the longest gun. Uh. 
Wait, what, what, what uh, date again did it happen? Date. It was March yeah. 8, 2014. Okay, so it's only been six years. Yeah. This time. This time. The long gone's like uh, 20 years. <laughs> so in July 2015, The Independent got an email claiming that the US shot MH370 down because it was carrying a warhead bound for North Korea. Uh, <laughs> yeah. they, they dismissed Doubt that it. one. I was going to say, where the fuck Malaysians going to get warheads from? <laughs> and why would they give them to yeah. North Korea? <laughs> okay. um, there were allegedly some employees of Freescale Semiconductor aboard MH370. Freescale was a technology company involved in the US space program as well as many important advancements in telecommunications. There are two theories here. One is that the plane was hijacked to acquire these employees for their knowledge of certain patents. The other is that four of these employees were 20% holders of the rights to a patent for optimized circuit design with the other 20% belonging to Freescale. It's alleged that Freescale had the plane shot down in order to gain full control of this patent. Okay. Uh, Diego Garcia is a US military base in the Indian Ocean. There's a non-trivial amount of evidence to suggest that MH370 was flown to Diego Garcia and landed or shot down before it got there. Flight simulator logs show the pilot had practiced landing there. Several eyewitnesses in the Maldives claim to have seen a low-flying white jumbo jet with red stripes in the area and confirmed MH370 debris washed ashore on islands east of Madagascar. These all give credence to this theory. Hmm. Finally, there's the pilot. Shortly after MH370 went missing, it was revealed by the media that Captain Zahari Ahmad Shah's wife had recently left him and taken their three children with her. Investigators found that the captain did not have any social or professional appointments set for after March 8th, and colleagues noted that he had been terribly upset in the days leading up to the disappearance. A former British Airways pilot told BBC News, quote, someone was looking at Penang. Someone was taking a long, emotional look at Penang. The captain was from the island of Penang. It does a strange hook. In order to look at Penang, you have to turn left or right, get alongside it, and then execute a long turn. If you look at the output from Malaysian 370, there were actually three turns, not one. Someone was looking at Penang. Uh So what really happened? We still don't know. We never will. But I can tell you for sure that it wasn't a fucking black hole like Don Lemon suggested on CNN. (laughs) (laughs) See that clip? Oh I I was going to cut it, but it's to, it's like the oh. the part of him suggesting it doesn't actually mention a black hole, so it's kind of out of context. And the full clip's like a minute and a half long. But uh, yeah, yeah I he, remember that. Uh, he's like, is is this such a ludicrous idea? Is it out of the realm of possibility <laughs> that it was a black hole? <laughs> the expert <laughs> said, well. A black hole big enough to suck up a plane also would have sucked up our entire planet. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was going to say, does he have any concept of how black no, holes work? He's, <laughs> a, fuck, he's a fucking idiot. Well, and then it's just, just exploring all possibilities. It just opened up briefly and then closed by itself yeah, as well. That's and, right. Oh my God. Some Twilight Zone shit going on. <laughs> mm, mm. Fucking idiot. God. 
I, I think yeah. it has to be. Uh, so that's the, that's the MH370. Pilot. You think it was the pilot? It has to be. I think it was probably hijacked. I I probably I like the idea that it was hijacked and being flown to Diego Garcia in a 9-11 style plane as a weapon attack. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, although that being said, if the US did shoot it down, you would think they would come out and admit yeah, to that like, and say, fuck yeah, we killed these terrorists. <laughs> it was being flown as a weapon to our base, so we shot it down. Like, why, why would they keep that a secret? Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, um, yeah, the... Um, if if it was hijacked, wouldn't there be some black box recording of like a struggle and people breaking in? Well, the they've never found the black bit and stuff. That's the problem. Oh, but wouldn't they? Oh, wouldn't okay. ATC have um got them like talking? Like they would have transmitted something to the air traffic control if they were being hijacked, right? Well, they would have tried. But yeah, maybe they Emergency. couldn't. I come in. Come the, in. The only way that would work is if it was. Like insanely coincidental, right? As they signed off with Kuala Lumpur and then switched to Ho Chi Minh City. Like well, yeah, to, it would have to yeah. be well timed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it would have. Yeah, to be there's there's about time. a two minute period between leaving um, oh. one air traffic control and entering the other. So oh, two minutes. That's a bit longer than I thought. That's actually yeah. That's not as insane as I was thinking. Is what I'm saying. I was yeah. thinking there's like. 20 seconds or 30 No, seconds. no, no. Yeah, it's about two minutes. Uh, uh. I like a Matthew Broderick-style war games situation. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I do personally think that my suggestion is the best, but, you know, for a runner-up, <laughs> I think it has to be the captain being depressed and deciding to take a bunch of other people with him. Yeah, yeah. I but mean, as, as you said, you like? Lachlan. What? As you said, Lachlan, like, this is super interesting because we – it's not like any like other disappearances or other mysteries where it's like, oh, one day we might find out. Like this, there's like there's no way to yeah, actually we're find never out. ever of, gonna find out. Yeah, yeah. Short of this pilot like having a diary that somebody finds that says yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do it in this particular way. Mm. Yeah, like no one is ever gonna know what happened and why it happened. So it's it's one of those sort of mysteries where it's like it's not only. Unknown at the moment. It's actually yeah, never will we know. Yeah, yeah. Like Dyatlov Pass, and that's why I like Dyatlov Pass so much. Is because it's it, there's so many different things that could have happened, but we'll never know what happened. It's the same here. So many different things could have happened, but we don't know and never will know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Until the oceans dry up and we uh, find <laughs> the black box in the hellscape desert that this Earth will become. You're thinking like an opposite water world situation. Land world. Who's the opposite of Kevin Costner to play the lead? Oh shit is not a myth. I've Kevin Spacey. <laughs> Kevin Bacon. Uh, <laughs> it's not a myth. <laughs> <laughs> and they try to find like some little lake uh, that they can swim in. What a steaming pile of shit that movie. Um, oh come on! How dare you? you right? Well, it was partly yeah, shit, right. but in the best possible way. No, it was good in a good way. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, agree um, to disagree there. I, I, I'm really interested in like um, plane crashes, plane disappearances, and stuff. I like watching air crash investigations. So, Lachlan, that was a, it was a great choice. Yeah. Thanks for taking us through that. Is there anything else you need to say before we go on to Brad's power rankings? No. <laughs> All right, let's do it then. 
Brad's Power Rankings. Still power. This um, week on Brad's Power Rankings, top yeah. five sexiest children who've been kidnapped. <laughs> How did you know? Um, number one, Madeline McCann. Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. This is- Jesus. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've only got I, myself to blame for yeah, that. I, I was going to say, I, I like that you're yeah, upset. You, you started this. I finished. I gave that to oh, I did not You teed him up and then yeah. you got angry when you knocked it out. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so anyway, this week's is top five ways to abduct someone. Oh, God. <laughs> That's <laughs> not much better. Yeah, not, not much better. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, God. So, number five, I'm going to be starting at five, working my one, one being the best way to abduct someone, five being slightly worse, but it's still a good way to abduct someone. Oh, so okay. switch it up yeah. this time, man. It's the same as every week. <laughs> uh, anyway, number five, it's what I like to call Macaulay Culkin. Um, <laughs> what? So you set off an elaborate trap and indiscriminately pick off the stupider members of our species. Bonus points if you can make it resemble a game of mousetrap. In the end, the results are the same. More involuntary volunteers for the epidermis extraction sweep. Oh, God. He didn't abduct people in Home Alone, you know. Yeah, I know, but he set up elaborate traps. He could well have, though. Yeah, he could have, yeah. He just didn't have the balls to follow through, but I like his creativity. Um, Yeah. Too soft. <laughs> Number four, luring someone somewhere under false pretenses. <laughs> Nothing throughout the eons of man's history has ever worked as consistently in regard to abducting <laughs> fools and wearing their skin oh. than luring your victim with false pretenses. The promise of a home cooked victim meal. In air quotes there. <laughs> they're definitely a victim no, if they're is... getting their skin worn. Because <laughs> no, they're going to the second location, so they're consenting. So yeah, exactly. The, <laughs> the, it's their fault. They didn't want their skin worn. They shouldn't have come. Um, that's just that's that's rule number one though. Never yeah. go to a second location. Yeah. The promise of a home cooked meal or a free boat. No future human coach <laughs> could pass free that boat. offer up. Are you doing a Simpsons reference with the free boat? Yeah, I am. <laughs> All right, that was pretty good. Uh, anyway, number three, it's what I like to call the college special. Um, oh. Do you lack the ingenuity or spark to lie about free shit? Don't fret, my friend, I've got you covered. <laughs> Why try so hard when you can get some chemical assistance? <laughs> Simply slip a little sleep time syrup in someone's drink. <laughs> And that future human duvet of yours is for the taking. Oh, God. why is it all about wearing people's skin, Brad? <laughs> wait, 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 that. There's other reasons to kidnap someone. Bonus points if you can get them out of the club without having to carry them. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, number two, I like to call Netflix and kill. Uh, <laughs> Oh, good God. I can't believe that hasn't been made into some sort of, like, I don't know, miniseries yeah. or something. I, I know, right? It's coming. That uh, is brilliant. 
<laughs> Wait a minute, I hear you say. I'm a lady or an effeminate twink. I can't lift another human being <laughs> to get them into my vehicle. None of these will work for me. <laughs> well, I've thought about you too. <laughs> You'll soon have your... That's very good of you. <laughs> You'll soon have your very own set of human sheets. Stop, stop! <laughs> Netflix How big girls. is this person? How big is the person you're skinning? <laughs> Mate, you got to sew them together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Simply set up a profile on your sex app of choice and they'll come to you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. All right. Whew. And number one, the number one way to abduct people is what I like to call the communist cuddle. Now... <laughs> Why waste time setting up profiles or procuring illicit sleep time pills when you can take a leaf out of every communist regime ever? <laughs> Simply roll up on your future lampshade and matching throw rug. <laughs> <laughs> Give them a little bit of the black bag treatment then scurry off into the night. <laughs> if it's good enough for China, it's good enough for me. <laughs> Call me this cuddle. Oh, good <laughs> Can you grab it when you put the bag over it? <laughs> yeah, right? I thought it was pretty smart. That's pretty good. Yeah. Oh. That's, that's just like, it. that's the classic one. That's yeah. like movie stuff. That's what you picture an abduction in, in a movie. Yeah. Black if, bag over the head, pull them into a van. It works. It's, it's classic. Yeah. If it Brad works. ever gets any leather furniture, I am not sitting <laughs> on it. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alright, and that is uh, why we call the show Brad is a bad person. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. Uh, was yeah. All right. No, uh, that was good. That was one yeah. of your best. No. Yeah. Thanks for that, Brad. Thanks for uh, <laughs> putting those it terrifying was, images and all of that. It was well. good that. in a very awful way. Yeah. Uh, thanks, guys. Which I think describes what we're going for on this podcast, yeah, really. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Logie, you want to wrap us up? I do. So thank you, everyone, for listening to us once again. Um, please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, check out SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, uh, subscribe to us on their website, bradisabadperson.com. Uh, if you want to help us out, head over to paypal.me slash person. Throw us a couple of dollars. Otherwise, you can go to our iTunes page, rate and review us. That really helps us out. And the best way you can help us out is tell your friends to listen. Tell them, Mm. pick an episode for them, an episode you think they're going to like. Send them a link and say, hey, check this out. I think you really like it. Or you could lure them to your house under false pretenses. Lure them in. Give them the old Brad is a bad person and kill. (laughs) <laughs> Imagine that someone being chopped up while they're hearing our voices talking about some bullshit. What a fantastic again. way to die. <laughs> again. Uh, so, again, yes, uh, share these episodes with your friends, please. If you don't mind, that would be very nice. And uh, I just want to assure all of our listeners that with all of this coronavirus, COVID 19 bullshit going on, Everything's closing down. Everyone's going into isolation and quarantine. We're not. We're still going to be coming at you thick and fast every <laughs> Sunday, regardless of what the government tries to do. We're, we're about to enter fucking martial law 
they're going to ship the army in to make sure no one's leaving their houses. But uh, we're still going to be recording. We're still going to be releasing. We've got to give you something to do while you're yeah. uh, in isolation. You're going to lose your fucking mind. You may as well do it listening to us. The, the government can't silence kid Charlemagne. <laughs> That's a little Malcolm in the Middle reference for anyone. Uh, well done. Well done. Uh, I like it. Uh, Good job, Brad. Good job on the references tonight. Uh, there was also a 6 out of 10 reference, which oh, yeah. uh, is, of course, from Trailer Park yep, Boys. Yep. We should get that as a drop. Hell uh, <laughs> the references. <laughs> Start using that in the future. <laughs> but, yeah, anyway, listeners, you know, come back. You know, come back. Don't disappear on us. <laughs> um, there might be a pandemic going on, but don't overreact. Mm, brilliant. Listen brilliant. to our... It's almost <laughs> like there's yeah. a theme going this season. <laughs> yeah.